0: Hey everyone, Julia here, and welcome to 20 Fucking Something, the podcast that breaks down the chaoticness of living in your 20s by diving into the ins and outs of dating, friendship, anxieties we all face, and whatever other bullshit that happens in your 20s. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 5. So this week you are blessed with me, myself, and I. And I'm actually really excited. I've got a couple of updates and some things I figured I'd check in on and, you know, talk to you guys about. So, let's get into it. Um, funny little story, I guess. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but um, when I have a single sip of alcohol, specifically red wine, all my inhibitions are completely thrown out the window, and therefore it is utter chaos for Anyone and everyone around me and anyone whose phone number I have and with that being said I Did indeed make a poor choice due to that as well as my friends overhyping hyping me um, and Yeah, so I guess you know bad choice. I decided to try and uh, booty call a2 To which, before you all start judging me, yes, I know that was a bad idea. We never go back to an ex. Um, As Serena Kerrigan once said, would you ever put a container of milk that you've left out on the counter back in the fridge hoping that it, you know, revives itself? Absolutely fucking lutely not. But so essentially what happened is that I, you know, sent him a fun risky text asking if he was free or whatever, and it ended up turning into a complete argument. So, safe to say that backfired in my face. But, you know, we flipped the script where this time I was trying to be unattached and just be in the moment and have fun, maybe, you know, aid some loneliness as well as other things, wink, wink. And he decided that instead of just, you know, being also emotionally immature and unavailable, That he wanted to have a conversation to which I'm like, where was this energy when I called you out on your bullshit originally? But alas, we're letting that go. And so I think the funny part is, is that part of his anger came from the fact that I was booty calling him and I guess, quote unquote, taking back the power or changing the dynamic um, instead of, you know, him Texting me or like me being the one waiting around and obviously I haven't spoken to him since I broke things off And so I guess his idea of our first Conversation since then would have been me being like oh Like I'm so sorry like take me back whatever But in fact, I was fully like wink wink. What are you doing? so Again, nevertheless, a fun, risky evening that I was hoping for completely turned into not that. And so I guess slap on the wrist uh, from the universe, and I will definitely not be doing that again, as that was just a terrible idea. So back to square one. But obviously, along with, you know, having one too many glasses of red wine and being around my girlfriends who we all like to uh, see each other do stupid shit all the time I think it's also fair to acknowledge the fact that like obviously since we broke things off I'm a little sad not sad but I guess lonely just because you know as I've mentioned before I live by myself and it's just a you know adjusting to a new schedule and a new like habit and you no longer have kind of that confidant and you know that person to hang out with so I'm also a little burnt out I think I've been trying to you know meet new people and put myself out there which is really fun but also really emotionally draining and kind of tough especially since I don't speak French so it's hard to meet you know other people that aren't just like in my program or aren't American or predominantly speak English um so I think it's just, you know, obviously a moment of weakness. We all have them. So judge me if you want, but let's be real, you've definitely texted your ex or someone that you shouldn't have texted, and hopefully it went better than have this one for me. But yeah, so I think just kind of, you know, learning to be comfortable with just being alone and that it's not a bad thing, and that, you know, yeah, dating's a lot of fun, but it's also nice to kind of just relish and take in your own personal space, and there's nothing wrong with being burnt out with dating. I've mentioned before that I love Hinge, and I love Bumble, and whatever, but it gets to be a lot, and I don't think anyone really talks about the burnout that you get. Like, obviously, not everyone you meet is going to be amazing or the person you're looking for or you know whatever sometimes they turn out to be like a good friend and or they turn out to be someone you're like please never call me again which is also just as possible but I think as I've talked about before just kind of being comfortable with being in your own space and being in your own body and That you don't always need to be constantly entertaining someone. And I think that's where I'm at right now. And, you know, I mean, I think I called him because he's familiar. Also, with this whole, like, online dating stuff and not really meeting people, sometimes I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, you could go on Hinge and, like, find somebody and be like, great, here's my address. But then I think to myself oh my god, what if this person is a serial killer? Or, like, what if, you know, I show them where I live and then they're a stalker and then they never leave me alone? Or, you know, I go to their place and then I never come out alive, even though it's like so dark to think about. But, that is the reality. I've seen way too many Dateline stories and CIS and whatever, CSI, whatever the fuck it's called. But, yeah, so we've all been there. Don't lie to yourself because I know you feel the same way as I do and it's only human and it's totally natural. But on another note though, another feeling that's totally natural is being completely stressed the fuck out with job searching. I obviously am still in my master's program and still kind of figuring out, you know, what the next steps are while also trying to like be present and enjoy the moment that I have being in Paris and, you know, the experience. But so I finished a third round interview a week ago with a company that I'm actually really interested in. And the position is totally something I, not that I don't have any experience in it, but it's something I'm hoping to branch into. I'm originally in public relations and just like mass comm in general. And PR is cool, but I think I want to do something more technical and more, I don't know, less, I don't know. It just, like, wasn't for me. I've worked in PR internships, and I didn't love it. But so, anyways, I, you know, went through the first round of interview where it was just vetting, and it was this, like, super charming, really nice British guy. And, of course, you know, the conversation lasted 20 minutes. He's like, great, you, you're you a great match. You know, second interview. I go in. It's with the Paris team because that's where it would be based. And they... You know, I get on the the Google call, and all of a sudden they go, Bonjour, ça va? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there, like, deer in headlights, and I go, Oui, oui, bonjour, ça va très bien, like, merci, you know, uh, kind of frozen. And all of a sudden they go, Anglais? Like, would you prefer English? And I had to be, like, shame. Yes, yes, I would. So then I go through the interview, and I think just finding, like, job hunting and the relationship between like employer and employee is so different here than it is in the U.S. I think when you go into a first round interview, everyone is just like very excited, very hyped. You both, it's like dating where you're both trying to sell yourself to the other. And so of course I'm in this interview and I'm being enthusiastic. I'm trying to be, you know, quirky and relatable and, you know, show that I can do the job, whatever. And I'm just getting completely like blank faces, no emotion, lack of enthusiasm, you know, so on and so forth. And so I finished that interview and I was like, oh shit, I'm like, they're not calling me back. There's no way. Like that was a terrible interview. They don't like me. And then lucky, you know, to my luck or whatever, I end up getting a you know, the final interview with the VP of global whatever. And she and I are on the phone. She's very nice. She's, you know, French, but living in London. And she and I are talking. And of course, you know, she's like, I'm sorry, can I have some, I have some clarifying questions. And I was like, sure. What's up? She goes, one, when can you start? Two, do you speak French? I It's a little, you know, blurred on my end. And so long story short, she and I had a great conversation for like an hour when it was supposed to be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know. And so I'm at the point where I'm just waiting to hear back. And I think I have a really good feeling. I'm also of the belief like no news is good news, because I think if it was a no, then I would have gotten a no. So we shall see. But the anxiety of having to wait, because it's not even just like, yes, you want the opportunity, but it's also the daunting experience. I think of having to now like go back and look for another job and put your, you know, resume out there and pray that someone freaking picks it up because, you know, on LinkedIn and whatnot, they get hundreds of applications a day. And with all this, you know, software that like goes through resume submissions automatically, you're you're just really praying that you get your foot in the door. So we'll see how that goes. I think it'll definitely be a different experience than I've ever had before working in the European office. Although it is an international company, they are founded in Paris. And I just, obviously, the cultural difference of working in the US versus here is going to be one that I think I'll enjoy. Um, I love a good happy hour and I love, you know, people who are a little bit more relaxed as I'm myself trying to put my OCD Capricorn self in check since moving here. But, so that's my, you know, update on the work front. It's, it's going. And hopefully we have something figured out by the summertime. As I have now, you know, as of today, I've signed up for my summer classes. So I'll be here all summer. If anyone wants to come visit, just hit your homegirl up, um, which I'm excited for. And then, of course, you know, as Parisians do, we have all of August off of no work, no school, no responsibility. So, I'm really excited. I'm hoping to plan a couple trips to uh, the Amalfi Coast, Croatia, and Greece. So, if anyone has any good recommendations, please, please, please send them to me because I'm trying to book this shit by myself. And no one tells you that booking things as an adult, quote unquote, and by yourself is so hard. Like, I don't know how my parents do it or like my friends' parents do it because. I just, I'm like, oh, okay, here's my plane ticket, this is where I'm staying, like, poof, it's all done, and trying to do it on my own, I'm like, someone, SOS, can someone please help me, like, can I use this website, I don't know, I, I'm not a clueless person, and I'm not a bad planner, but at the same time, I'm like, now I understand why people have travel agents, and why, like. People, you know, traveling is not easy, and I'm supposed to go to Spain in two weeks to go see my dear friend Izzy, who I'm very excited to see, and, um, you know, I'm, like, trying to find flights and hotels and stuff, and, okay, yes, traveling in Europe is definitely cheaper than when you're in the U.S. because it's a freaking arm and a leg plus a kidney to fly anywhere with flight rates, but you know, flying in Europe isn't like 30 bucks, you know, it's still kind of expensive. And then of course you have to like figure out where to stay and, and whatnot, you know, first world problems, whatever. But, you know, I, I definitely applaud those who can do it every single weekend and like still have their shit together. Cause I travel for a day, like just going from my house to school that's a 20 minute trip. I'm already exhausted. I can't, like, I can't imagine going to a new country every single weekend or going somewhere else and just constantly moving. I need sleep. I need rest. Like, I need my home. I need my bed. So we're just trying to figure out, you know, how to travel and actually learn to adult because right now I'm a little fucking clueless. And on the front of, you know, being clueless, I, in, I think it's like, 10 days or so. I'm gonna have been living in Paris for seven months now, which is fucking insane if you think about it. I, you know, I definitely have had some serious doubts and imposter syndrome in myself, not just in my, you know, ability to be in grad school, but also just to be on my own here and like assimilate. And as time's gone on, I definitely, my anxiety has, you know, it's still always there, as it always will be, because half the time I don't understand what the fuck is going on or what people are saying. Like, when I'm on the metro and it stops for some reason, I just have to watch everyone else's expression, because if they're, you know, no expression on their face, we're good, nothing's too wrong, but it's when they go, oh, or they're like, Pouton, or whatever, that's when you know that shit is hitting the fan, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's an interesting experience. I was actually talking to my friend earlier about how I think now it was an amazing thing that I'm still here. First of all, I have a severe, like, nut, peanut, tree nut allergy, like six feet under. And I don't know how I have not (laughs) had any sort of you know, hospital run-in or whatever, knock on wood, because everything here is some sort of nut in it, and so that's tough, but I've learned for myself that I, like, needed a vibe check, I needed someone or something to teach me to slow down and enjoy life a little bit more, because I am constantly 10, 20 steps ahead, I'm always worried about the next thing in the future and that obviously comes with anxiety and stress. But now I definitely am like, all right, let's sit and relax for six hours at a cafe. Yes, you're saying six hours, Julian? I'm like, yes, six hours. My dear friend Spencer and I do it all the time. And usually I would be annoyed about that or about like service taking forever, but it's a luxury. It's very nice to just be able to, you know, people watch and enjoy, actually enjoy what you're eating and drinking instead of just like throwing it down the hatch. But I mean, obviously, aside from eating and drinking wine and cheese and bread all the time, I, you know, living alone I've always been someone who needs alone time. I don't necessarily like being alone, though. And I think, one, living alone, and two, being in a city that, you know, is kind of isolating, as in people aren't necessarily super friendly here. There are, um, that doesn't mean that everyone is not, but a majority of it, you know, they're not that nice. And two, not speaking French is another downside. So with all that together, it's, it's sometimes a little isolating and a little lonely, but it's taking that quote-unquote negativity or negative outlook and turning it into like, now I love going to the museum by myself even more. I like to just sit at a cafe and read a book. I actually enjoy being by myself now and don't feel like I have to constantly be like texting my friends like what are you doing or what's like happening this weekend or whatever and I don't feel guilty about spending a weekend in honestly I think it's the adulting thing when you don't when I'm like not going out to some cafe or club or whatever and spending money for no reason I think I've uh, started adulting a little bit more so but also on the same page as you know kind of maybe being lonely or figure out ways to cope with that loneliness by being in the position that I'm in and having this experience. It also teaches you to be very self-sufficient and it teaches you that you don't need someone all the time, especially, obviously you need friends, but romantic partners. I mean, Salon and I talked about this in our last episode together where You know, if you don't have a partner, there's either like something wrong with you or whatever other bullshit society has told us is the case. But you get to, you know, learn to like yourself for who you are and you get to learn, you know, what you can and can't handle or boundaries you can and can't push. And also my friend and I had this conversation. She's a really good friend of mine from home. She and I were talking about like why she's single or why she feels so alone and to that point i was like well would you rather you know be with someone and still feel alone or still not feel you know c- you know not that you need someone to be complete but you know kind of together in the moment or would you rather be able to sit with yourself and be con- you know c- happy and content and like at peace which i think is really important and i don't think people realize how important it is to actually like yourself because you attract what you put out. And so remember, you are a badass. You deserve to have people who make you feel special and sparkly. I sure as hell know that I would rather be by myself and alone than be surrounded by a bunch of people I fucking hate or who don't make me feel my best self. So be fabulous, stay true to yourself, and remember like whoever is in your presence, Is lucky to be there and that you deserve nothing but the best because we we want good vibes all around and yeah so put out in the universe what you want because that's how it works and on that note I know you guys are so sad to hear it but that's all we have for this episode sometimes I feel like these are like my mini therapy sessions so if you've been sticking around up until this point thank you so much And remember, this is 20 Fucking Something, the podcast that breaks down the chaoticness of living in your 20s. Stay bold out there, and I'll catch you guys next time.